Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to look at something that's a wintertime treat here in Michigan. Now, we've been getting away from plants for a while because I wanted to explore other aspects of college, cottage core. I also have been giving you a lot of recipes over the winter because, well, wintertime cooking is kind of a thing. But I need you to get outside and get moving. So you need to get your big winter boots on, maybe even some galoshes, depending on if it's not that cold where you are. Bundle up warm, get your gathering basket, and let's get ready to go out into, well, if you're in a snowy area, the snow, if not in a wet, squishy area, because we're having that weird kind of weather here, and go find your rose bush stash. Because today we're gonna pick some roses. Well, that's not exactly right. We're gonna pick some rose hips. And we're gonna need at least a pound, maybe at the least a half pound. Why? Because we're gonna make rose hip cordial. So open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on wild crafting flowers. Let's get started. Now there are many species of roses, so I'm not going to get into the Latin version of each one of those. You should be able to find them. But one thing to remember is, Roses are safe for us to eat unless we're specifically allergic to them. If you are not allergic to roses, you should be fine eating almost every rose. I say almost because I don't make absolute statements. In folklore, especially magical folklore or superstitious, folk, superstitious folklore, people would believe all sorts of things about rose hips specifically, not just roses. They were supposed to be proof against nightmares. So if someone had night terrors, you might put rose hips in their tea, rose hips in a little container by the bed like a potpourri. You might even make them a necklace of rose hips. Another thing was they were supposed to symbolize friendship or the potential of budding love or family. So you could give someone something made with rose hips in order to wish them well and to show that you had good feelings toward them. And I have a good feeling about this episode. You get that? Good feeling? Good feeling about the episode, rose hips? Oh, come on, that was funny. Okay, okay, let's get back to it. that some of you do not have a stash of roses that you've let come to full fruition with hips or maybe the birds got to yours or something else and that's okay you can order them from online sources but if you do have a stash or have some bushes this is the episode for you because you're going to go out there get the ones that are still red pick them carefully 
Make sure they haven't been damaged. Also make sure that they're not rotting. You know, with the freeze and then the thaw and the freeze and the thaw, sometimes they look pretty rough. But one of the thing about the things about rose hips is they're a persistent fruit. So they were go- they're gonna be there all winter as long as nothing interferes with them. Why leave them out there? I mean, I understand that they're really great for adding to witch hazel for a nice skin tonic, but let's make something a little more useful. So let's make a cordial. So I need you to go out there, pick at least a half pound, and maybe pick a few extras and scatter them around the base of the roses so that things that may not be able to get right up in that bush, depending on how many thorns there are, they can at least gather them. There's nothing wrong with leaving nice things for our friends. If you feel really generous, you can leave a little bit of plant food. Just make sure it's organic, and that way you're not going to hurt anyone or yourself. Now for this particular exercise, you're going to need a jelly bag or a pillowcase. Cheesecloth is not quite it for this particular this particular project. So if you use a, a pillowcase, make sure it's clean, okay? I, I know you're going to make sure it's clean. Also, preferably one that has no dye. Try to find a simple plain white one. The other thing you're going to need is sugar. You're going to need about three cups, but I want to point this out. You can use regular granulated sugar. You can use raw sugar. You can use cane sugar. Or you can use something called caster sugar, which is a little bit finer. If you change the sugar, you change the taste. I can't stress this enough. If you change the sugar, you change the taste. So I'm going to tell you now the best sugar to use is either cane sugar or caster sugar. And the third would be white sugar. Don't be afraid to use the sugar. It's fine. I mean, you could use beet sugar, but it's up to you. I know here in Michigan, we do have beet sugar. So I haven't tried it that way. So give it a shot. You're also going to need a measuring cup, a pot. You're going to need a lot of water. You'll see what I mean soon. You're going to need a, a pan where the rose hips can soak. And you're also going to need uh, the strainer for the pillowcase. You're, you're just going to need stuff. <laughs> and definitely you're going to need a sterile container like a bottle or a jar. You know, I can hear myself wheezing. <laughs> I can hear myself wheezing. I'm so sorry, everyone. Time for me to, to break out that big bottle of um, New England Blue Aster extract. Because I do use allopathic medicine. And I am not a certified herbalist. Nor am I a doctor. Nor am I a certified naturopath. I want to point that out. But I do use home remedies. And Tuca Rivers gave me this beautiful, beautiful, huge jar in blue glass of this. And it's just, it does so much for me. But but back to the point. So yeah, so, okay, you can hear me wheezing. I'm sorry about that. But the thing is, I'm going to use this cordial 
not just as a drink or an additive. I'm going to be using it because I have rheumatism. Oh, I hate, I, I, well, I shouldn't say hate, but I dislike saying that. I'm only 52 and I have rheumatism. And true enough, age is no discriminator when it comes to when you can get arthritis or rheumatism or anything like that. But my family tends to live into the hundreds, so I'm really surprised that I already have rheumatism. But I did a lot of really hardcore physical activity. I used to be in marching band. Um, I, I did a lot of stuff. I used to hike in the mountains. So I shouldn't really be surprised. So just to let you know, that that's something else you should keep in mind. This is supposedly good as a remedy for rheumatism. And of course, you know, rose can help with respiratory too, but I'm not going to stand by that as far as me prescribing it because I can't prescribe anything. It's just something to keep in mind. And because I am 52 and I am entering a certain age, I will definitely be doing the rose hip cordial because it has a lot of vitamin C. As you know, roses have a lot of vitamin C and it will help me better metabolize and be able to process estrogen, which I need right now. Now here's where it gets a little weird. There's a couple of approaches to actually processing the rose hips. Some people say you should take the rose hips after washing them, of course, and then chop them up and then put them in about six cup of water, cups of water and boiling them for about, I want to say a quarter of an hour. But then there's other people who say you should take the water and use three cups of water, boil it, then add the rose hips and turn it off and let it sit for 20 minutes. Strain it and then boil another three cups of water with the rose hips, you know, by putting the, the the pulpy stuff back in to the pot and add that second set of three cups of water, bringing it to the boil and then straining it again after it sits for 15 minutes. So it, it you can try both techniques and see which one works for you. At the end of the day, in both of them, you're going to wind up straining it through that pillowcase or that jelly bag. So you've got to figure out which one you want to go with. I'm not really a fan of boiling the rose hips per se. I'd rather just have them steep. But because I, I know that that changes the flavor and I know that it changes the effectiveness. So you're going to have to figure out which one you want to go with as far as your methodology. thing is the longer you let it steep the better it's gonna be so in that first method where you're boiling it in the pot and just letting it boil for a quarter of an hour I think it's best if you let it really steep for longer like about two or three hours because you really want it to leach all of that good stuff out of there the reason you're straining everything though even in the second method you should let it steep for a couple of hours but the reason you're straining it is because there's little hairs around the seeds and you don't want that so 
because because they can like irritate you on the inside and you don't want that part that's why you're straining it the other part is you don't want seeds in it because the rose hips contain the seeds it's the fruit and nobody wants that well I mean you could but I wouldn't recommend it it's like anything else it's, it's they contain a trace amount of, of um, a cyanide compound too no you're not going to probably die from eating rose seeds but I wouldn't uh, go out of my way to eat them because I'm sure like anything else enough of anything that could make you sick could make you sick and I don't know your sensitivity Now here's the thing, once you've done this and you've let it steep and you've strained it out again, strain it again. No, really, strain it again because there still may be some little hairs. I know, I know, it seems like we're going overboard here, but seriously, they can get into everything and you don't want that in there. Once you've done that, put everything back into the big pot and now you can add your sugar. Add your sugar and cook it down slowly. You know how to cook it down slowly. Don't try to fry it. This is not something you fry. Just a slow simmer until it's well incorporated. It's going to have a wonderful, rich smell. But it's not going to smell like the rose petals. Because these aren't petals. These are fruit. So it's, it's going to smell differently than what you may think it will smell like. It'll be closer to how rose jelly smells, but there's different kinds of rose jellies. So it won't be the one that that has that floral, rosy scent. It'll be a little bit different. Once everything's dissolved, you're going to have to let it cool down. Once it's cool enough to pour, find your sterilized jar or your sterilized bottle, pour it in, close it up, let it get to room temperature, and stick it in the fridge and just leave it there. It can be there for up to two or three months. Now here's the thing. I know that most of the time when we say cordials, we think of Anne of Green Gables and we think of the alcoholic cordials. But remember, we talked about this in an episode about the difference between cordials in the States and cordials in Europe and liqueurs and all of those things. So in this case, what we've made is an actual rose syrup, a rose hip syrup that we're calling a cordial. And we're going to use that rose hip syrup and we're going to add it to rum. That's right. Rum-a-dum-dum. We're going to add it to rum. And that's when we want it to be an alcohol-based cordial. But you can have it by itself. You can add it to hot water to make a tea. You can add it to flavor something else. You can put it in sparkling water. You could add it to something like a syrup for pancakes. It's up to you. But this is the kind of cordial we've made. It's actually a syrup to be added to a liqueur. Now, I don't know how well this would go with bourbon. But it would definitely make an interesting and really vitamin C rich hot toddy ingredient. So pull out the cavassier.
Now here's the thing. You don't have to drink alcohol in order to drink this or even to cut this down. Remember, we talked about cider before and all ciders are alcoholic. So you can do that and there's non-alcoholic alcoholic drinks, if that makes sense. There's, there's literally alcohols that they sell that have no alcoholic content. It's, it's a weird thing that's happening. And that's good for people who want to have that flavor without having the intoxication. It's a strange area that's existing, and I'm not really sure who it's for, per se, other than people who want to go out for a drink but not get drunk. I, I don't know. But it exists. There's, there's the possibility. Another thing I would like to say, though, is that never feel pressured to drink because other people are drinking. You have the right to maintain your bodily boundaries. So if you want to drink this and want that feeling, but don't want that, you could add like a, a seltzer or a vinegar. Remember, we can drink fruit vinegars and add it to something sweet and get a different flavor. We talked about those. We talked about shrubs. So it's up to you what you want to do. No one else is the boss of your body but you. And that's how it should be. Even me. I'm not the boss of you either. I want to share how important it is to maintain you wherever you go. Your beliefs, your values, your limits. Because that's what makes you who you are. And I like who you are. I like my friends to be comfortable in themselves. And we're friends, right? So get on out there, get your boots on, get your basket, and go make yourself some rose hip cordial. I'll be waiting on you when you get back. Maybe we can share a little bit here on the next episode of my magical cottagecore life.